How to win a bar fight and practice diplomacy while negotiating a bounty on your head. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, The Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 7 Gods, just save me from this helpless stagnation. Even though the whole affair of the talent exhibition was a circus of absolute nonsense in Zeb's opinion, he did have to admit that the fact that it warranted a trip to the capital was a definite plus point. No matter how miserable the reason was for being there, Chitamaska truly was a pearl of a city, and it was enough of a reason for Zev's good mood not to be entirely flushed down the drain. The other reason was that today the wait was finally over. A miraculous meeting, months of hard work, an extra exam, and weeks of enduring being ostracized and borderline harassed by the larger part of the student body, and today it would all finally pay off. Force, it was like seeing the sun again after months of nothing but rain. He and Quinn had spent the better part of yesterday watching the news coverage of Death Squadron's arrival, and when the lady had finally docked after hours of maneuvering and adjustments to her route, they'd cheered like crazy. Reporters had been banned from attending the arrival of the shore party from the fleet to prevent harassment, which Zev privately thought was more of a measure to prevent reporters with more guts than sense from getting themselves killed for trying to shove a microphone under Lord Vader's nose. But footage shot from a distance had featured on all news broadcasts that evening, especially since that footage finally included more shots of the ever-elusive Luke Lars stepping onto Quat for the first time right next to Darth Vader, standing at his right hand with an air like he belonged there. Zev had immediately gone off his list of usual news sources afterwards for the latest of what anyone would have to say about Luke's first public appearance in months, and he hadn't been disappointed. All anyone had been able to talk about was that Luke Lars, ostensibly just the head engineer of the flagship of the fleet, had nonetheless warranted higher placement in the formation of the shore party than the fleet admiral of Death Squadron himself, or the general of the Empire's most elite legion, all of which had only confirmed Zev's suspicions. There was a lot more going on here than met the eye, and Luke Lars was at the focal point of it. That, and there was absolutely no way that his dad would be able to stop him now, not after he'd basically played second fiddle to Luke. And with Death Squadron's arrival and the gathering having officially started, it was now a matter of just waiting out the final few hours. Unfortunately, the start of the gathering also meant that it was time for the annual talent exhibition of the Capitol for the schools, which sounded like a fun event until you realized that it was basically just one giant scam structured by Compnor in a way for the students at the top of the rankings to show off to potential future employers even more, with debate panels that looked down upon actual debates of rationale and persuasion in favor of who could make the usual imperial propaganda sound the most appetizing, art galleries that were filled with either the most sanitized options of painting, sculptures, music, and whatnot, or even more straight-up propaganda, and hard science contests that had an even heavier military emphasis than some parts of boot camp. Overall, he found it little wonder that it was so poorly attended by actual native quaddy and usually stuffed to the brim with off-world investors and recruiters. 
When you lived in a place where actual art and creativity were encouraged, it would be hard to look at the product of a child prodigy from the Kotnor Academies and see anything but the same old ideas that had been beaten to death and revived so often by now that they had reached the point of rotting. But attendance was mandatory, and so every single graduate had to submit themselves at least once to the degrading ordeal of being paraded around like a product in front of prospective buyers, sorry, employers. Thankfully, while attendance was mandatory and participation in the events was strongly encouraged, the school couldn't force the students to sign on for anything, so Zev got to station himself near the buffet table and snack on cheese puff pastries and miniature chocolates, something which Quinn had loudly decried as unfair, seeing as that Zev both got to skip the year he'd still had to do and also not bother with all of the most tedious parts of post-exam school life. Zev had told him that he could try to persuade Darth Vader to give him a job, too, and that had shut down those complaints neatly. Munching on another cheese puff pastry and enjoying the savory, flaky goodness, he looked around the city hall that had once again been rented out for the talent exhibition. Personally, he thought it was a pity that such a good-looking building had to put up with the utter mediocrity of the academy, but at least it gave him something nice to look at. Done in the usual Chitamaske style of marble carved with reliefs and frescoes, the City Hall's theme was the founding of the city and the major events within it. From the time thousands of years back, when the city was barely more than a small village, to its growth into the cultural and economic juggernaut that it was today, a history full of conflict, twists and turns, and that was as colorful as the city itself. A history inextricably linked with the family charged with its well-being, and Zev was far from surprised to see the Quadas make an appearance again and again in the artwork though he supposed that the city hall had been commissioned by them, so perhaps he ought to take that with a grain of salt. Still, it was a much nicer rendition of history than the bland and dry text his history courses had given him, thank the force that his mom had instilled in him an appreciation of history early on, and told him always to look for the primary sources, or the history courses at the academy would have been unbearable. It was supposed to be fun, damn it, but somehow they had managed to miss the mark on that, too. Grumbling in frustration, he jammed another pastry in his mouth and chewed on it angrily, for he couldn't wait until the royal procession arrived with Lord Vader and Luke. At least then something interesting would actually be happening here. "'Well, that's an incredibly angry look for someone eating,' a voice remarked to his side. "'What is the food that bad?' Glancing over to where Quinn was ambling over to him, Zav quickly swallowed the rest of the pastry and shook his head while doing so. "'Now the food's fine.' "'And you definitely need to try these,' he said, gesturing with his plate while wiping away the crumbs still sticking to his face. "'It's just that everything—' He gestured towards the rest of the hall where the exhibition was going on, and Quinn groaned in agreement as he came to stand next to Zev. Giving his friend a once-over, Zev took note that the usual school dress uniform was more than a little disheveled from its usual neatness— as well as the fact that Quinn was looking haggard to the point that one could believably make the guess that he'd just escaped a stampede. "'You look like shit,' he noted bluntly, to which Quinn scoffed at a worn sound. "'What happened?' "'The everything,' Quinn shot back, tiredly copying Zev's gesture towards the rest of the hall. "'Had to do a debate with some of the others, but I'm pretty sure my chances there are shot since I nearly got trampled when my team won, and they tried to reach everyone but me to ask questions and whatnot.' He paused for a moment before tilting his head. "'Well, no, that's not quite true. Pretty sure they trampled some of the others, too. They were mostly trying to get to the debate leader and his deputy, so...' He shrugged, and Zev immediately got the picture. 
They really need to stop announcing people's rankings before the start of every match, he grumbled as he offered Quinn his plate, who shot him a grateful look and immediately began munching on one of the chocolates. The bias is off the chart. Quinn hummed out a sound of agreement as he swallowed down the chocolate. And they need to stop giving all the best places in the gallery solely to top-ranking students, too, but you know that ain't happening either, bro, he said, before glancing back down at the plate with a surprised look. Damn, those really are good. From the buffet, he responded idly while looking around the room again. Honestly, the buffet here might be the only thing that isn't dictated by who was the best at sucking up to the Empire. He glared with distaste towards the podium where another debate was being announced, along with exactly how well each of the participants had scored in the school's tests so far. Honestly, if it weren't for the fact that it was Compnor, he would have found the rigging of the whole affair to be especially ham-handed and shameless. Might be the only place worth being, then, Quinn agreed as he snagged a cheese pastry from the plate next. At least until the royals show up. Still no word on them? Only a text message from Luke yesterday evening saying they've arrived safely at the palace, Zev mentioned offhand, startling badly enough to nearly toss the plate of snacks when Quinn whirled around on him with wide eyes. And you didn't tell me! He yelled under his breath, hands gripping Zev's shoulders. Dude, I thought we were bros! Shaking off Quinn's grip, he rolled his eyes while shoving another pastry into his friend's hands. One, it was late in the evening and you were already asleep. Two, I'm telling you now. Shoving the rest of the plate into Quinn's hands and wiping the crumbs off of his hands, he pulled his calm out and tapped through his menus until he got to the messaging menu. Opening the last conversation, he held up the screen for Quinn to see, which contained a short message where Luke let him know they'd, and who they was, he had a pretty good guess of, arrived safely. Would be meeting him tomorrow, bar the circumstances, and a picture of... Is that the fucking astrolabe suite? Quinn asked flatly as he looked at the screen. Is that the fucking astrolabe suite in the fucking marble palace? Yes, Zeph retorted just as flatly as he flipped over his screen again. The picture of gorgeous cloudy blues and dark lacquered wood having nearly sent him into a spiral yesterday evening as he realized that he apparently wasn't the only one who was aware of just how big of a deal Luke was, but that the ruling dynasty of Quat did as well. The Astrolabe Suite, or as it was known amongst the people who knew anything of the Marble Palace, so anyone interested in history or celebrity drama, truly a crowd of odd allies, the Royal Suite reserved for visiting royalty and rulers, to be a guest in the Astrolabe suite was to be considered a guest worth pandering to by the Quadas, someone with enough power that even they, the rulers of one of the richest and most politically powerful planets, found that it would pay to court favor from a guest. And Luke was now amongst that vanishingly small number. He had a feeling that his job was going to be a lot more complicated than he'd suspected from the get-go. Bro. Quinn looked up from the screen, and Zev very much agreed with the look he was being given that spoke of something between incredulity and sympathy. Your future boss is fucking nuts. I got that feeling too, yeah, Zev said lightly as he shoved his calm back in his pocket. And you said you were going to be his secretary? Quinn asked as he popped another chocolate into his mouth. You sure you can handle that? He mumbled around a mouthful, the letters jumbling together enough that it took Zev a good couple of moments to parse before he could answer. He shrugged and took a step back to lean against one of the marble columns. We'll find out. He himself, at least, doesn't seem all too concerned about my ability to be a secretary, so much as he's focused on getting me out of Contnor and getting a confidant to help him pass through the new cultural stuff of the Corin Mid-Rim. The job of secretary is mostly a cover for that. Quinn whistled lowly. So you aren't a secretary, but you are basically a guide to everything that isn't dusty, dull, and deadly or dreary, dangerous, and destructive, 
he summed up. And Zev raised an unimpressed eyebrow at that summary. Nice alliteration, but I'm telling him you called the Atarim that. He shot back with a raised eyebrow, cracking a grin when Quinn abruptly froze, eyes widening to the size of saucers, mind no doubt playing out the scenarios where that happened and coming to the realization that maybe it wouldn't exactly be appreciated. Quinn opened his mouth several times before apparently deciding that there was no safe way to answer to that remark. On second thought, he said, voice just a touch higher than it was before, you're basically a guide to a bunch of different cultures that are foreign to him. Better. Sev agreed, snagging a chocolate from the plate himself. Let's not get me fired before I can even begin my first day, hm? Shrugging his shoulders, Quinn grinned and inclined his head. Fair enough, dude, let's... He abruptly cut himself off as his eyes landed on something, an expression abruptly sobering in a manner that had Zev quickly look off to the side to follow his gaze, only to find someone standing there that he wasn't exactly expecting. A familiar bunch of red curls, cheeks full of freckles, and a face that one could read surprise off of, like the title on a movie poster, Tyrion Quarta, was perhaps the last person Zeph had expected to see standing there. Getting over his own surprise with what amounted to a mental slap to the face, he stepped away from the column he was leaning against and tipped his head towards the air. Tyrion Quarta, he greeted fondly. I have to say I wasn't expecting to find you off towards the sidelines of this exhibition. He really wasn't. Even if his judgment of Tyrion not being one of the more popular kids was correct, his money and family name would have still carried a heavy enough weight that he would have expected the Academy to show him off like a prized bull regardless of ranking, if not in the events, then in the social mingling or speeches. But not here, off to the side of the venue, where the ostensible losers in the game of popularity and power were relegated to. Sevulonthius, Tyrion greeted in a similar fashion falling silent afterwards and averting his eyes as the courage to continue seemingly deserted him. His sudden silence evidently rubbed Quinn the wrong way, because he immediately stepped forward until he was right beside Zev, bristling with defensive anger. "'And what are you looking for, ma'am?' he questioned the air coldly. "'Here to ask Zev about his dad, too? Or is it one of the more original rumors this time?' "'Ow!' Quinn abruptly cut off as Zev swiftly planted an elbow in his side, shooting his friend a sharp look and quick shake of his head." but the damage was already done, as Tyrion reared backwards with a flinch and half a step, looking more than ready to bolt. No, I, I want to ask something. Not that. I, I wanted to ask, but not that. I, I promise, I just, I, I wanted to, 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 well, he stammered out. Words stumbling and tripping over one another as he tried and failed to get a coherent sentence out, each failed attempt flustering him further until he staggered into an awkward silence Zev honestly felt bad about. Aquana, Tyrion might be, but it was clear he hadn't inherited the cool grace his parents possessed whenever they were seen in public. Never mind Quinn, he said quickly, drawing Tyrion's gaze away from his friend and towards him. He's just on the defensive from some of the rudest students we've had to deal with lately. Was there something you needed? Apparently the answer to that question was a resounding yes, as Tyrion immediately averted his eyes and started fidgeting. Waiting while the air visibly dropped the courage to finally make his request, Zev wondered what in the world would make someone this nervous. When Tyrion finally drew himself up to his full height and seemed like he'd bolt for the hills, Zev's interest was thoroughly piqued when the guy finally opened his mouth. A little while ago, Tyrion began, you mentioned that if I ever needed a scandal as a cover, I could come stand by you. He breathed deeply and managed to finally look up. Is that offer still open? 
It seemed today was just full of surprises. Zav stared at Tyrion with a look of what probably read as the sheer disbelief he was feeling. Admittedly, the offer had been only about half a joke at the time, but he never expected the Quana heir to actually take him up on what was the reputation equivalent of taking a bullet to avoid a nuke going off. It wasn't exactly clean, painless, or easy, and the payoff was rarely more than barely worth it and took serious recovery time. But still, Tyrion looked entirely serious about it, and Zev had offered, so... He stepped towards the side and gestured to the empty place that had opened up. "'Be my guest?' he invited with a wry smile. "'Though I'll admit that I didn't expect you to actually take me up on that offer in a million years.' Tyrion huffed as he stepped into the place by Zev's side, allowing himself to become a visual part of their little group and ensuring that tongues would start wagging soon if they weren't already, no place for gossip to spread like an event, after all. "'I'm expected by my parents to try and entertain one Luke Lars once the royal procession shows up while they try to make headway on Lord Vader. Not that they're hopeful on that, but because I'm the closest to him age-wise, Tyrion revealed abruptly. And it took everything in Zev not to choke on his own saliva, while Quinn did choke on a cheese pastry and started coughing. Tyrion shot them both a wry look that was more than a little despairing as he ran a hand through his curly hair. Yeah, Ned, thus to say, I'm expecting a scandal when I finally trip over my own words and accidentally cause a diplomatic incident. Hopefully, this will at least offset some of that at school by giving them something else to talk about, though I severely doubt it. Desperately trying to keep a straight face and not blurt anything out at the worst place in time right before his NDA dissolved, Zev had to resist biting down on his tongue to stifle an upcoming scream. Of course this would concern Luke. Somehow everything abnormal, extraordinary, and disruptive of his peaceful existence as a social outcast getting his spirit ground down by the unfeeling bureaucratic machinery of the Empire was tied directly back to Luke Lars like a conspiracy board of the highest degree. You know, he managed to choke out while keeping his voice deceptively normal, I think you'll do just fine. Tyrion would, too, if anything he'd seen of Luke counted for anything at all, but he questioned the Quanta's choice of tactics if their aim was to have one of their own befriend Luke, not the least of which was that Zev had yet to meet anyone with a personality that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Luke's in terms of intensity and magnetism that seemed to attract people to him like nothing else. He doubted that Tyrion would be any different, and that while the Quata heir could potentially gain an ally out of it, he didn't doubt that Luke would gain one too, potentially one that went far beyond the usual diplomatic clout one could gain from such an alliance, though perhaps that was a part of the Quata's strategy too, who knew? Tyrion seemed doubtful of it in any case, even as he took one of the proffered snacks from the plate, a now very much sympathetic-looking Quinn was holding out. Thank you for the attempted pep talk, but... We both know I'm going to fail spectacularly at this, he mumbled with a grim smile that quickly turned into a grimace. I just hope my parents aren't too invested in this experiment of theirs, because it's about to be a huge disappointment. Ah, oh, come on, man, Quinn piped up as he leaned back against the column. You gotta have a bit of confidence in yourself. You won't succeed if you're expecting to fail, you know? I'm sure you'll manage to talk to Lars just fine, and hey, if you don't, maybe the dude's a nice guy and won't mind anyway. Tyrion shot Quinn an incredulous look. A nice guy? The person who walks at Lord Darth Vader's right hand 
as an aqual? he retorted, eyebrow raised in pure skepticism. Yeah, and maybe I won't be torn to shreds either. He and Quinn shared a quick look that spoke volumes as the memory of a little less than a week ago echoed through their heads. Quinn jerked his head to gesture towards Tyrion sternly, a clear command there to use his knowledge to fix this, and Zeb was inclined to agree. Pondering what he could share for a moment, he took a deep breath and set about trying to fix this mess before the royal procession arrived in... He checked his calm. Any minute now. Great. You know, I actually met Luke a couple months ago, he began, feigning casualness as he adopted an easy stance, not missing the way Tyrion's eyes shot up towards him and remained focused on him like a laser sight. And he was pretty laid back, all things considered. Liked discussing things with people and was pretty damn good at setting the mood of a conversation to something casual enough that you nearly forgot who you were talking to at times and just treated him like an old friend. He seemed to prefer that, too. I was very understanding of nearly everything. Zev snorted slightly as the memories of the evening came back, recounting them with a grin. Hell, the first time I met him, there were families there, too, and a toddler started crying while he was talking to her mum, he recalled. The sight of seeing the elusive star of the show just standing there with a kid on his hip, something that would probably stay with him for a long time. He just hoisted the little kid up on his hip and began rocking her to sleep, still talking to her mum the entire time. He glanced towards Tyrion, who was, while far from relaxed, looking much less despairing and frazzled, all things considered. Still somewhat paler than usual, but looking less like he was about to pass out after having a nervous breakdown, Tyrion offered him a shaky smile. I don't know what it says about me that I'm hoping to be afforded the same consideration a crying toddler gets, but I do feel a little better now, he admitted, giving Zev a watery smile. Thank you. Zev smiled back. You'll walk... Peep. He started out of his sentence halfway through as his calm chimed, and fishing out of his pocket, he saw the message left for him. Chief Scrap Hunter. We're just about there. See you when I'm in. Heh. Eyes widening, he barely had the time to register that his mouth had abruptly gone almost entirely dry before he was heading towards Quinn who had apparently realized shit was about to go down as well by his mere expression. Not moments later, a commotion started up near the main entrance of the hall, as everyone else seemed to catch a clue as to what was happening. So, he said carefully, keeping an eye on the main entrance as he stuffed his calm back into his pocket. Remember what we told you, relax, and everything will probably go just fine. Tyrion's expression abruptly fell into one of confusion. Why... What are you? Then he followed Zev's gaze and seemed to realize exactly what was happening, mouth snapping shut with a click and face paling all over again as the timidity visibly set back in. Zev grimaced in sympathy and nodded. Yeah, it seems like your stage cue has arrived, he agreed. Better get into position. With that, he began to head for the main entrance, determined to get a good spot and hopefully be able to catch Luke's eye for a moment before he would likely be occupied with other matters. As much as he liked to imagine this going the way he'd fantasized about, he was under no illusions that Luke would likely be plenty busy with all manner of things during the event and have little time for him. Still, it wasn't wrong to hope for even just a bit of conversation, was it? He was already halfway through plotting out the route that would have to take in order to get a semi-decent spot in the already swelling crowds before Quinn grabbed him by the arm and yanked him back, nodding towards Tyrion with a stubborn expression. 
Looking over, he somehow couldn't find to tin himself to be surprised at the fact that Tyrion seemed to be frozen in place as he stared at the main entrance like it was a slavering Nexu ready to pounce. Sharing a glance with Quinn, he made a quick gesture towards Tyrion, which was received promptly with a determined nod. Taking up position at both of the heir's sides, they promptly grabbed him by the shoulders and arms and began to haul him along towards the main entrance, only mildly dragging the heir along the way before he seemed to come to again and began walking himself. Once he was confident that Tyrion wouldn't freeze up again, Zav let go of the heir and began to weave his way through the thickening crowds, which was thankfully made easier by the fact that at least half of the people in it were unconvincingly trying very hard to appear like they weren't interested in the proceedings at all. Working his way into the grand foyer of the hall, where much of the casual socializing and galaxy-shaking alliances were being done, Zev went cold with nerves and anticipation as he caught sight of the first familiar figures. Dozens of towering stormtrooper guards in full white and black power armor were making their way through the crowds, creating an honor guard for the people presumably coming in after them. Just like last time, Zev had to marvel at the sheer intimidation Luke had managed to pack into one design with only the previous clown suit of an armor to work with. All troopers moved with a weighted kind of grace that was just this side of inhuman and now was no different. Already standing a whole head taller than the average human on account of their armor bulk, most troopers already cut a foreboding figure. Add to that the fact that they were easily twice as large in nearly all aspects as the next largest person in the room while factoring in the eerie facelessness of their helmets, and Zev privately wondered if the Empire hadn't agreed to the construction of the Suta based on intimidation alone. Even now, people were giving the troopers a wide berth, clearly reluctant to cross paths with the behemoths in gleaming white that each carried a large rifle slung over their back something that seemed to make the troopers' jobs much easier for them, as they effortlessly herded the people away from where the royals would be making their entry alongside the quarters. Sure enough, once a small clearing had been established, the more commonly seen blue and silver personal guards of the quarters made their appearance, standing amongst the troopers and cutting a decidedly odd picture amongst the soldiers. Even though Zev knew that the personal guards of the quarters were no joke, it was hard not to be a little amused when their embroidered and brightly colored figures were compared to the clean-cut, nearly entirely monochrome coloration of the Suta. Something about the dichotomy was just plain funny, he guessed, and perhaps a little impressive, too. And judging from the pictures being snapped by the press starting to gather as well, he wasn't the only one who thought that. He didn't doubt that at least one of them would be winning a prize if they submitted theirs to a competition or the like, but it wasn't the guards he was interested in. Worming his way towards the front of the crowd, Zev got as close to the clearing as he would be allowed before the guards got up into his face and silently stared him down until he backed up a step. The trooper chuckled lowly and nodded briefly. Atticate, a modulated voice rumbled out from under the helmet. Let me along shortly, this. With that, the trooper moved on to herding back the rest of the crowd. Resolutely not asking who was behind that visor or how they knew his name, just in case it brought about information he would have been happier not knowing, he marked that distance down as the line not to cross and settled in for the event. The spot he'd managed to grab was perhaps a little further back than he would have liked, but when it came to royal appearances, one really couldn't complain about any front row seat, no matter how far back. Grinning when Quinn nearly stumbled into him seconds later with Tyrion in tow shortly behind, Zev patted the air on the back one last time before he gave him a soft shove towards the front, promptly backed up by Quinn bodily pushing the guy even further. Which may have perhaps been a bit much, 
but considering that he had little doubt Tyrion would be expected, it was perhaps for the best. Sure enough, the quarter guards promptly caught sight of Tyrion and began to gently herd the air towards the front, whispering to him the entire time, likely with last-minute instructions, shooting Tyrion a last grin and a thumbs up alongside Quinn when he nervously looked back, Zev had to wonder how this whole situation would go once he was introduced as a personal aide to Luke at some point down the line. Perhaps it was naive, but he hoped they would speak again in the future. Despite the fact that he was reasonably certain that Tyrion really did just want or need the cover of a scandal by associating with them, or more specifically, him. Or he would, if Tyrion was any good at the game of power and popularity they were all compelled to play. Zev wondered if he was. In either case, they would find out soon enough as the guards began forming the empty area into a proper honor guard for the people who he supposed could be counted as the victors of said game. Fuck, I guess this really is happening, Quinn muttered under his breath as he saw the troopers and guards take up proper position, the increase in communication indicating that they weren't the only ones who had noticed the goings-on taking a turn for the interesting. Feeling the excitement build, Zev nodded weakly, feeling almost dazed. I guess so, he murmured back, barely able to believe that months of hoping the beginning of the end for his time in Compnor was finally here, starting at this talent exhibition he honestly would have snuck out of hours ago if it weren't for this one moment. Quinn elbowed him with a grin and jerked his head towards the entrance of the foyer, where people were starting to get especially restless presumably as they started to catch sight of the approaching royals. Rolling his eyes at a move that was definitely ruined by his own grin, Zev set in to watch the show. And sure enough, barely moments later, one of the Quada guards announced the presence of the Count and Countess of Quada, Mortis and Vespia Quada, as well as the presence of the Lord of the Empire and heir apparent, Darth Vader, and his personal protege, Luke Lars. He had to appreciate the delicate way in which they'd handled the conundrum of, officially this person has no business being here, but we're not about to pretend like anyone's fooled by the absence of a title. In that manner, personal protege really was the best analogy for what Luke was that didn't involve stepping on anyone's toes or ascending shockwaves throughout the galaxy. Though with that apparently being Luke's hobby, he had little doubt that that would be happening soon anyway. And in the meantime, it wasn't like he needed the help of any fancy titles to command the attention of a whole room. The Quarters strode into the room first, dressed in the whites and blacks of the Empire, splashes of red and embellishments out of silver breaking up the monotone beautifully as they glided over the floor arm in arm, a silver circlet and diadem on the Count and Countess respectively gleaming under the sunlight let in by the glass cupolas. It said something then when people almost immediately started shifting their attention away from the two of them in favor of who walked in behind them. With a strong sense of deja vu that transported him right back to both the cocktail party and gala, Luke and Lord Vader walked into the city hall, carrying themselves with that same kind of grace that Zeph had so admired back then too. Lord Vader looked the same as he ever did though notably the armor lacked the usual battle scars of the various hollows taken in the field and aboard his ship, giving the illusion that the man had stepped straight out of one of the recruiting posters for the military, armor gleaming under the lights above. Luke, however, was once more decked out in his dress uniform, though conspicuously lacking the commendation the Emperor had given him in full view of the entire Imperial Court and Havanet. Considering it went against usual military custom, Zev found that more than a little odd but he supposed Luke had his reasons. 
and the standard silver embellishments on the head engineer's dress uniform at the collar and front closure made for enough glinting metal that it wasn't easily noticeable that the metal was missing unless one looked closely. Which they likely would be, considering that Luke and Lord Vader more than knew how to command the attention of a room. With heads held high and carefully synchronized strides, they looked every bit the part of royals, even if Luke technically didn't qualify as one, he supposed. You wouldn't know it from how every eye in the room tracked their progress, though, and even those that tried to pretend they weren't were doing a poor job of it. Holy shit, Quinn murmured beside him, awe shining through every syllable, and Zev had to agree. Even from what was still quite a distance away, the two royals exuded a presence that enveloped the whole room and drew all attention. Side by side, they presented a solid front against the world, and Zev didn't doubt that not a bit of it was faked. As the two aristocrats and two royals made their way down the honor guard set up for them, Zev had to blink twice once he realized they actually were walking towards someone, and another two to realize that that someone was Tyrion, whose entire presence didn't seem to so much command the room as it was silently pleading for people not to notice him. Which was unfortunate, seeing as that he was standing right in the middle of the path the entire room's eyes were on, and it was a bit hard to do anything but notice him. Still, the sight of his parents must have done some good for Tyrion, as he was able to get through his entire speech welcoming them all to the talent exhibition without stuttering or stammering. Granted, the speech was about five lines long, but it still counted as far as Zev was concerned, especially when it was capped off with a formal bow to all of them, greeting both his parents and the two royals at once. A greeting which both Quadras returned with warm smiles and a bow of their own. Luke and Lord Vader promptly followed, both offering a shallow bow and the former a beaming smile to go along with it, the stoic mask of a royal entirely forgotten in favor of disarming cheer. Lord Vader nodding curtly alongside him as he gave the same greeting he'd given Zev all those months ago. Maybe he shouldn't, but he began a mental countdown of how long Tyrion would last before the most common side effect of knowing Luke took hold, compelling Tyrion to drop his guard until the two of them were chatting like they'd known each other forever. A countdown that seems to be in favor of being shockingly short as the two quadras took matters into their own hands and introduced their son properly to the two royals, Luke seamlessly segueing it into an icebreaker that seems to land well from what Zev could tell from this distance. Within moments the introductions had finished, and Luke was cheerfully chatting away to a rather dazed-looking Tyrion who walked alongside him as the ceremony concluded, the guards slowly dissolving the honor guard as they began to shadow the group from afar. Well, far, really. They drifted along the edges of the room and stationed themselves in the dead zones of the room. The movement of the crowds naturally flowed around. Columns, planters, the small buffet tables dotted around the foyer that gave a small selection from the larger buffet up ahead, moving along only when their charges did. He now also saw the difference amongst the guards' uniforms. The quarter guards nearly blended in with all the high-class finery, their silver and blues allowing them to slip between the crowds with minimal disturbances. The same couldn't be said for the troopers, who couldn't be missed even if one really, really tried. Shining white and pitch black, with a distinctly geometrical design that towered over most people, there really wasn't any way the stormtroopers were ever going to blend in amongst the glitz and glam of the upper crust that was found at this event. Then again, they weren't exactly meant to and he supposed that's where the difference laid between the quarter guards and the stormtroopers. One was meant to blend into the background of quite society until needed, the other was meant to be a constant presence at the edge of your periphery, letting you know that you were always being watched. 
though he supposed it said something about how noticeable the troopers were when he didn't even notice that the Quarters and the Royals were on the move until Quinn abruptly grabbed his shoulder in a death grip, Snapping his head over to ask what the fucking deal was, with the sudden stranglehold of pain on him, he finally saw what Quinn was seeing that had him going pale as a sheet. Beaming wide, Luke had caught sight of the both of them and was leading the whole group towards them as he went where he pleased, Lord Vader following by Luke's side like it was the most natural thing in the world. Tyrion followed at his other side, just like his parents had instructed him to do, and looking more than a little surprised at the proceedings, while said parents were themselves trailing after their son with a look on their face that, for being one of aristocratic non-expression, still managed to convey intrigued bafflement flawlessly. "'Oh, fucking force,' Quinn muttered below his breath, sounding more than a little affected, and Zev rolled his eyes as he brushed his hand off his shoulder, slowly ambling over towards Luke to hopefully meet him halfway dragging Quinn along behind him in the process. "'Zev!' Luke greeted happily, quickly crossing the final stretch of distance and clapping two hands on his shoulders and pulling him into a firm and warm hug that startled a laugh out of him as he brought up a hand to Luke's back to return it. "'It's good to see you again in person!' He pulled back and beamed so brightly at him that for a moment he could swear Luke actually shone. "'How have you been holding up?' He laughed, feeling lighter than he had in months as every last worry and dark thought began to melt away. Luke was here, and it seemed he'd forgotten the specific brand of compassionate chaos he brought into every social interaction he initiated. If dragging along a count and countess so that he could chat with his future secretary didn't count as political chaos in the making, benevolent though it likely may be, then Zev probably hadn't deserved that perfect grade on core and mid-rim political theory. "'Hey, Luke!' He returned, warmth blooming to life inside of him. It could have been better, but I'd say I've survived. And learning from his mistake last time, he quickly turned himself towards Lord Vader and the Lord and Lady Quada, offering them all as good of a formal bow as he could make, exactly the way it had been drilled into him by his etiquette instructors. And greetings to you, Lord Vader, Lady Quada, Lord Quada, he quickly added on taking care to keep his demeanor as respectful as possible. This really wasn't a crowd he wanted to screw up in front of. Lord Vader nodded towards him briefly. Young Veers, he rumbled lowly. The words would have barely counted as a greeting if they'd come from anyone else, but it was enough to have the Quarter's eyes light up in recognition. Veers, Lady Quarter asked delicately. I don't suppose there's any relation to one General Veers? My father, Lady Quora, he confirmed with a nod, keeping his emotions carefully in check. Now wasn't really the time to start giving away personal information to the rulers of a planet, and apparently what little he gave was more than enough for them as they exchanged a brief glance between the both of them that almost imperceptibly twitched over to Luke before turning back to him with a slight smile. Your father must be very proud of you, she posited lightly double meaning layering into her words, and Zev had to bite the inside of his cheek to stay quiet, unwilling to start revealing anything that might just suggest how much it could be that that wasn't the case. His dad couldn't stop him, and had even deigned to help him out in the end, but was he? He is. Luke suddenly piped up, beaming towards Zev, painfully sincere. He barely shuts up about Zev whenever he comes up during a conversation, and nearly glows with pride every time he does so. Wait, really? Blinking in quiet shock, he could only stare as Luke shot him a playfully chiding look. Though he does wish you wrote to him more often, you know, 
he teased with a grin, Zav still reeling with every word. He worries about you, and when that man gets worried, he frets, much like Vader does. I do not, the Dark Lord abruptly interjected, Zev jerking along with everyone else but Luke, as they all suddenly remembered Lord Vader was still present during all this, too. Luke, meanwhile, stayed as cool as ever and merely raised an unimpressed eyebrow towards the man. Flies? he accused bluntly. You fret like no other whenever something even slightly inconvenient happens towards me, or did you forget you got banned from Tylee's office because you weren't letting her do the proper medical examination? She was causing you distress, Lord Vader retorted offhandedly. She was testing my neural connection ports, Luke corrected abruptly, and wait, what? Hold on. You know those are supposed to hurt during those tests. Excuse me, he interrupted voice high enough that it probably qualified as a squeak, but he could not care less at the moment. You're what? Luke had implants? Since when? Oh, you know, Luke dismissed with a short wave. The ports for my prosthesis, they still need to be checked every so often, especially this early on. And that just... That was just a lot of info. Luke had a prosthesis, he just... What? Again? He squeaked out, feeling his world tip over on its side and just a bit faint. Yo, what? Luke shot him an odd look as he glanced over towards him. My prosthesis, you He abruptly cut himself off as his jaw shut with a click, a look of dawning realization taking over his face. You forgot to tell young Veers, Lord Vader noted as he crossed his arms over his chest, tilting his head in a gesture that Zev couldn't even begin to hope to understand, but apparently it was enough to have Luke shoot him a glare as he crossed his own arms in a mirror of the Dark Lord. Well, excuse me for having a lot on my mind, Mr. I'll give you a four-hour notice to start packing, Luke shot back with a sniff, adding on something in another language that Zav recognized as being the one from the holocaul, to which Vader replied in kind before apparently being shot down one last time by Luke, the Dark Lord falling silent but seeming almost amused by the situation as Luke turned towards him with an apologetic expression. That was a situation he was absolutely not touching, no matter how long the stick. Sorry, Zev, Luke said with a saddened expression, never mind that he was barely even registering what was going on. It's been incredibly busy lately, and I straight up forgot that not everyone is aware of the whole situation yet. Situation? Zev managed to get out, feeling very much wrong-footed here, and Luke taking a deep breath as he pulled a hand through his hair before reaching down to strip off his glove and... Holy fucking force. He swore under his breath as he caught sight of what the uniform glove had been hiding, glossy white plates and delicate dark gold engravings depicting what seems to be highly stylized celestial bodies in a style that Zev distantly thought somewhat resembled the styles his mother had shown him as a part of her work. It was definitely shaped like a hand, no doubt about that and he could almost believe Luke had just fitted incredibly delicately formed plates over his flesh-and-blood hand if it weren't for the fact that he could spot gleaming brass underneath where some of the plates interlocked. Then it moved, and of course, that was definitely something else. Watching with wide eyes as Luke began to neatly roll up his sleeve to his elbow, he could hardly believe what he was seeing as more and more gleaming white and gold got revealed, painting out scenes of coiled and curving lines that wrapped around the arm, breaking off, splitting, and rejoining again later. Intermitted with scattered dots that flanked the lines on each side, he could almost say it seemed like wind? Air? It had something wild and untamed about it in either case, 
something he couldn't quite explain. It also distracted him from realizing what he was looking at for a hot second. Right up almost to his elbow, Luke's arm was just gone. Replaced by gleaming white material delicately engraved, but very distinctly not organic. He tapped down a strangled sound as the realization sunk in, which made him more successful than the muffled curse Quinn uttered behind him or the various stifled noises of surprise coming from the quarters. Luke grinned wryly at them all as he rolled his wrist, clenching his hand into a fist and relaxing it again as he shot Zev a significant look, opening his mouth to utter a response and finding that his vocal cords were entirely uninterested in cooperating. Zev closed it, swallowed deeply, and finally managed to get something out. That's... new? He croaked out, wincing internally at how off-kilter his voice sounded. Luke chuckled as he inclined his head. It is. It happened around three days after we left Imperial Center and put me out of commission for the better part of two weeks. A 3D printer in my workshop had been sabotaged, and the resulting explosion took it clean off. He sighed and pulled a hand through his hair, apparently a nervous tick. As it turns out, the late Admiral Ozzel and several of his cronies were rather displeased with my presence aboard the Lady and tried to remedy it through copious amounts of fire. He huffed out a laugh. Fortunately, I'm both more durable than they'd expected, and Vader a lot faster than anyone thought. I was brought in for medical attention and survived. That was a lot of information to process, and he had a feeling there was more than one double meaning hidden in that sentence than he could probably imagine. But first, the light admiral? He questioned carefully, treading into the subject as lightly as he could while still feeling like he'd just stepped on a landmine. Luke survived, Lord Vader cut in, voice somehow even deeper than usual and lined around the edges with a static that gave it a menacing air thick enough to cut through. They did not. Right, noted. He carefully glanced back to Luke, who had a hard look in his eyes that instantly transported Zev back to the floor of that kitchen in the Imperial Palace being told that his favorite Holonet star wasn't only capable of murder, but was methodical about it in a manner that put the entirety of his own experiences in Compnor boot camp to shame. With a soft, full-body bump into Vader's side that was definitely affectionate, Luke pulled out a wry smile as he looked towards the rest of them. Most of the perpetrators were caught when trying to flee the ship, he told them quietly. Needless to say, Vader took care of them then and there. They won't be a problem again. Right, because Luke Lars, cheerful mechanical engineer and the type of guy who would go out of his way to help a virtual stranger in any way he could, was also the type of guy to be A-OK -okay with murdering his enemies and not even blink while discussing it. He would really have to get better about remembering that. He apparently also was the kind of guy to acquire the kind of enemies who would instantly turn towards attempted murder instead of, you know, just trying to ruin the guy's reputation and life. Dear Force, what kind of person had he been hired by? But anyway, Luke continued cheerfully, clapping his two hands together in a move that created a definitely odd sound that should not come out of a clap, the mood whiplashing back into being bright and cheery without even a moment's notice. After all that went down and Admiral Piet got his promotion, he'll be with us shortly, and by the way, as will General Veers, I could start recovering in peace, and Vader designed and created the prosthesis you now see for me, he finished proudly shoving off the arm before sharply turning towards Lord Vader and jabbing a finger in his direction. 
And don't you start about us having both designed this. You designed it and you manufactured it. I just helped as a sounding board. Because that, apparently, was how you talked towards the Emperor's fist and black death when your name was Luke Lars. Zev took in a shaky breath and let his stress go when he breathed it out. Luke knew what he was doing when it came to Darth Vader. He'd proven that many times. He just had to trot in that fact and let it happen. Besides, if this was the first time Luke had talked to Lord Vader like this, he'd eat the extremely unfashionable cap that had come with his uniform. A suspicion that was promptly confirmed by the Dark Lord leaning down slightly over his crossed arms, Luke stubbornly staring back and up as the black mountain of a man rumbled like thunder. You were the one to resolve the wiring issues with the parts, as well as the manufacturing issues with the connectors, he retorted. Voice deep and authoritative as ever, and yet apparently not enough to keep Luke from rolling his eyes. And you designed the entire thing in the first place. He shot back with enough force that he bounced on his toes just to get up even further into Darth Vader's face, something that Zev strenuously had to remind himself wasn't suicide for Luke, but apparently normal communication. You designed the prosthesis and a story. I won't be having this argument for the rest of my damn life, he snapped irritably, glaring narrowly into the red lenses, and Zev really, really had to keep reminding himself that this was normal now. This was normal now, and he just had to learn to live with it. A gust of static was produced by the vocoder, strange and halting, and Lord Vader straightened back up again, inclining his head towards Luke in a gesture of, dare he say it, concession. Very well, Luke, he agreed, Zav reeling with the words. We will rest the argument. And did those lenses just glint? For now, he added on at the end, and though... Oh, oh, that was definitely a, a challenge? A positive emotion? Amusement? Dear Force, it was something. And it was something he hadn't thought applied to Darth Vader before this exact moment. Luke narrowed his eyes even further and grumbled something under his breath in a language Zev couldn't understand, but didn't need to in order to recognize that it was a distinctly uncomplimentary grumble. He sighed and turned back to the rest of them now that that apparently well-worn and familiar argument, dear force, those could be had with Darth Vader, dear fucking force, had been put to bed. He took a deep breath while trying to hide that that was exactly what he was doing, and reminded himself again that this was what his new boss considered normal, and as a secretary he would have to be able to work with it. This was normal and fine, and definitely not earth-shattering in any way, nope. It was all fine. He was a horrible liar when it came to fooling himself. Anyway, Luke continued, like what had just happened was entirely normal and not world-upending in any way, something that a glance told him everyone else was in rough agreement with him was not the case. With the prosthesis, I was able to slowly start re-entering daily life aboard the Lady, and I've been back on full duty for a couple of weeks now. He smiled contritely towards Zev and offered him a small nod. After that, it was already time to start preparing for the gathering, and it simply slipped my mind entirely that many people would still be unaware of the fact that I now have a prosthesis. Sorry, Seth. And really, what was he supposed to say to that? That he was mad Luke hadn't specifically told him about the fact that he lost an arm in an incident which had apparently knocked him out for quite some time? That he didn't accept an apology from a fresh amputee who was navigating one of the most hectic months on the military calendar in Death Squadron, according to his dad? Come off it, he wasn't that much of an asshole. And after the repeated mental whiplash of seeing Luke interact with people the way he did, he was even less inclined to question it. 
As he was quickly learning, Luke was Luke. And if this was how his life generally went, forgetting to tell people he was missing a limb was probably the most normal thing about him. Shaking off the last of his shock, he quickly realigned his worldview to deal with the fact that his soon-to-be boss was already down one arm since they'd last spoken, and apparently was less fussed about that than he'd expected. Smiling back at Luke, he quickly nodded, too. "'It's all right, I was just thrown for a moment,' he said, deciding that it was probably for the best to keep his actual reaction a bit more sanitized in word choice in the current company he was keeping. Luke chuckled lowly. "'I'll say.' He agreed with a curious look over Zev's shoulder. You were thrown enough that you didn't even introduce your companion at all. Hello there, he greeted, nodding towards Quinn, who Zev abruptly remembered was both standing there and likely even more lost than he was at the whole situation. Quinn, was it? He felt Quinn freeze behind him, something that was only worsened when Lord Vader shifted his gaze over and contemplated the two of them, tilting his head to the side with a low sound that crackled with static. I believe so, he rumbled lowly. They certainly resemble the figure from the hollow coal. Quinn made a sound like a small animal getting stepped on, and for once Zev couldn't blame him. Darth Vader was terrifying enough normally, but to know he recognized and remembered your face specifically, that wasn't pleasant under any circumstances. He'd have to cover for his friends and quick-like. Of course, he quickly interjected taking a step back until he was standing side by side with Quinn and carefully keeping a hand on his back so his friend didn't bolt like Zev was half convinced he wanted to. Lord Vader, Luke, Lady and Lord Quara, please allow me to introduce Quinn Montador, scion of the Montador family and the Montador Corporation. Quinn thankfully didn't miss a beat and dipped into as deep a formal bow as was appropriate here. My lords and lady... He greeted nervously, though thankfully without any stuttering, and he rose back up out of the bow, not a moment too late or too early. Really, this couldn't be going any better, and hopefully the lords and lady present agreed. Looking towards the list of them nervously, Zev gauged all their reactions, keeping the closest eye on the one most likely to go awry. Lord Vader kept gazing at Quinn for a moment longer before humming and dipping his head into a curt nod. "'Well met, young Montador,' he rumbled." and Zev nearly sighed in relief, something which Quinn wasn't quite as successful in hiding, but that no one but him seemed to have noticed anyway. That was the main hurdle down, and it seemed that with Lord Vader's seal of approval, the two Quadras were ready to voice their own opinions on Quinn as well. Opinions that, thankfully, seemed to be favorable, as both the Lord and Lady Quadra smiled as much as was generally considered socially acceptable during these kinds of events. Montador, hmm? the lord said, nodding and greeting towards Quinn. "'Well met, then, young man. Well met. We've had the pleasant dealings with your family for many years now, and I would be glad to see that continue on in the generation that comes after us.' "'Indeed,' the Lady Quanner agreed, tipping her head towards Quinn as well. "'In fact, I hope that you have both met our son Tyrion already,' she said as she made a delicate gesture over to Tyrion who Zev noted was currently resembling nothing as much as an Orioko with how wide his eyes had gone. "'We have,' he confirmed, trying to keep the fact off of his face that both times had been less than ideal. "'He's been pleasant company, my lady.' That was apparently the right thing to say, as Lady Quanah's smile brightened somewhat, and Lord Quanah lightly placed a hand on his son's shoulder, Tyrion flushing to the roots of his hair, and Zev wondered if their son's shyness was something the Quadra couple knew about and tried to be mindful of. 
Well then, Luke said cheerfully, it's very nice to finally meet you in person, Quinn, he greeted, nodding with a wink that left Zev under absolutely no illusion that Luke didn't remember every second of the somewhat disastrous comm call. With all introductions out of the way, shall we move on? I do believe there's much more to see here, and I'm pretty curious as to what that is. Now that was a plan he could get behind, if for no other reason than that some part of him was absolutely bouncing with excitement at the idea of getting to see the chaos go down, which he felt a bit bad about anticipating, but he knew his future boss, or, well, functionally just a boss now, he guessed, just well enough to know that chaos would be left in his wake, intentional or not. But, of course, Lady Corner agreed. I do believe the director ought to be waiting to receive us in the event all proper, although I suppose that by now he must be rather curious as to what is keeping us. She added on with a slight smile that held just a hint of vicious satisfaction that sent a thought jolting through Zev's mind as he realized that maybe, just maybe, the Quadras knew or suspected the same thing he did that Tyrion had found out the hard way how cruel their classmates could be and how useless the staff was at preventing it. Luke winced, however, and shot both Quadros an apologetic look. Apologies for the delay, milady, he said, though something glinted in his eyes as he followed up. Although I can't say I apologize for greeting an old friend and meeting a new one. Something warmed in Zaf's chest at those words, nearly making him shiver at the sensation, and he almost missed the curious look Lady Quadra gave Luke. No, I don't suppose you would, Engineer Lars, she mused quietly. It wouldn't quite suit you, would it? Lord Vader shifted at those words, turning his silent and unreadable gaze over to the Lady Quara, but Luke merely leaned into his side slightly as he chuckled. You will be right about that, milady, he agreed. And there was something in his voice that once again hinted at what lay beyond the first impression of kindly cheer and simple joy. Then in the next moment it was gone. Well then, Luke said mildly, without further delay, shall we be on our way? They would indeed, and with gentle prompting from the Lady Quara, Tyrion nervously took the lead as he ostensibly led them towards the main event hall. Grabbing Quinn by the arm so he wouldn't be left behind in his daze, he waited until conversation started back up again between the other party members before he took the chance to say anything himself. Quinn, you okay? He muttered under his breath, keeping an eye on where currently Lord Quara and Luke were holding a conversation on the history of the city hall and the architecture within, while Lady Quara and Lord Vader were discussing something in an odd pattern of conversation that he recognized as one of several military codes. He didn't know much of it, but the snatches he could understand told him the conversation was far above his proverbial pay grade, perhaps even as the secretary of someone who would no doubt soon be discussing the same matters as well. Quinn, however, didn't seem to be concerned with much of that, and for once, Zev couldn't blame him. I'm currently walking amongst some of the most powerful people this side of the galaxy without any clue on what to do, he muttered back, a slightly hysterical edge to his voice. I'm faking it, hoping no one calls my bluff, and Darth Vader and Luke Lars clearly both remember every bit of that hollow call. He breathed in deeply and turned his head to give Zev a flat look with eyes slightly too wild for it to be authentic. Do I look like I'm okay? Good point, he admitted, still keeping an eye on the group around him. You're doing fine, though, and you haven't choked yet, so just keep that up, he finished rather lamely. And Quinn raised an eyebrow at him that was thoroughly unimpressed. Thanks, he whispered back dryly. I'll definitely keep up postponing my nervous breakdown.
Zev would have argued with him if it weren't for the fact that they'd just about reached the entrance into the main event hall, and spotting the director looking rather frantic as he seemed to be trying and failing to get anything out of a trooper who'd stationed himself there at the entrance alongside three others. A sense of malicious satisfaction welled up, and he grinned with what were probably too many teeth as he nudged Quinn with his elbow and jerked his head towards the director, quickly finding his grin matched one-to-one on Quinn's face. "'Oh, this ought to be good,' he muttered under his breath, and Zev could only agree. Even if they were just marginally a part of this group, Director Magni certainly wouldn't know the difference, and Zev was looking forward to seeing how he would navigate handling people who had some actual power behind their names, and who were on their side, too. Tyrion seemed to have noticed the director as well, as he was quietly steering the whole party towards him, stiff as a plank, but determined nonetheless, and Zev wondered if he too was looking forward towards the inevitable fireworks that were about to happen. Lord Vader was the first outside of the three of them to spot the director, and as the conversation fell short, Zev could only watch with growing anticipation as they approached the man, barely more than a few arms length away before the director finally seemed to recognize that he wasn't alone anymore, when the trooper he was gesturing to looked up and acknowledged their presence with a salute. Freezing in the middle of a barely hushed rant and some small but rapid gestures with his hands, the man attempted to save face by hastily pasting on a smile faker than the attempts being made at hiding the blatant bias in this entire event and bowing deeply towards them. "'My lords and lady,' he said by way of greeting, voice somehow silky and oily at the same time, "'what's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Both the students and I are honoured by your presence.' Zev wrinkled his nose at how thick the man was laying it on, at least when he'd spoken to him and had been mostly honest in how little he cared for anything except maintaining his position and schmoozing with those in power. This was just fake and insipid, something that Lord Vader apparently agreed with. "'Dispense with the pleasantries, Director,' he ordered brusquely. Everyone around him but a thinly smiling Luke jumping at the rumbling of his voice. "'Our time is precious.' and I will not be spending it listening to drivel meant to appease us. And wow, Zeph didn't exactly know what Vader had against the director, but it was clear he wasn't planning on affording the man any of the leeway he'd given the rest of them, which Director Magni also seemed to realize as he quickly wiped the smile off of his face and visibly fell in line with Vader's commands. Of course, my lord, he hastily agreed, and Zev could nearly smell the sudden fear coming off of the man. This way, please. He spun on his heel and skittered off, the rest of them following suit as the party rearranged itself to meet the new situation, Laquadas joining the Dark Lord up front to hound the director while Tyrion and Luke hung back to join them, the latter of whom glared at the director with narrowed eyes cold enough that they sent a shiver down Zeb's spine. Breaking off from the group for a moment, he stepped over to Luke as he kept a wary eye on that coldly calculating look. "'Ah, uh, Luke?' he asked quietly not wanting to interrupt his new boss at the wrong time and call whatever that arctic iciness was over himself or tip off the others that there was more to look them at the eye. Is that... Are you planning to do something to the director? Between one blink and another, the cold in Luke's expression melted away as he shot Zev a grin. No, or at least nothing to be concerned about, Zev, he dismissed easily. Besides, Vader's agreed to handle the director for the moment, so I'll be leaving that up to him anyway. What? Blinking as he processed that information, 
This is normal now, he had to remember that. He opened his mouth slowly as he carefully formulated a question. Lord Vader. Agreed, he repeated slowly. Hmm, Luke said noncommittally as he nodded, before lowering his voice into a hush while never changing his expression or posture. He's agreed to help me out in your flight, he revealed in a voice barely above a whisper, and that... that... Oh, no need to worry, he added on, as if Sev's heart hadn't just gone still in his chest, and his breath's shallow as a grave he was surprised he hadn't been dumped into yet. He took the same vow I did and meant every word of it. He glanced towards Zev, something unspeakably ancient and unknowable reflected in his eyes that did exactly nothing to help him feel like he wasn't actively dying. Your secrets are safe. Bullshit. Lord Vader knew. Lord Vader's scourge of the Empire's enemies and the black death that swept the battlefields against them, the foremost interrogator of the Empire, and to whom every branch of the military eventually answered, knew, knew that he, that he had, at his contacts, he knew. And it wouldn't matter that he'd never tried to overthrow the Empire or kill any of its citizens. It wouldn't matter that his actions had helped dozens of operatives across the galaxy get people out of slavery. It wouldn't matter at all, because Darth Vader knew, had gotten the word from the very first person he'd trusted with the secret he'd been so stupid— of course he shouldn't have trusted a stranger. What was he thinking? And he hoped that his dad, of oh, force, his dad. He hadn't seen him yet, and they'd said he'd be along soon, but what if they... Zav. He hadn't even gotten to say goodbye or tell anyone his dad hadn't been involved with him. Zav. Would he hate him? Zav. Breathe. He gasped in a sudden breath. As reality flooded back into his mind, the world sharpening again with the sudden influx of oxygen as he got his body back under his control. His lungs protested against their abuse, and he stifled a sudden bout of coughs as he was violently reminded of why humans needed air to live. A hand began firmly thumping him on the back between his shoulder blades, and he nearly gagged on his own saliva once he realized who was helping him out. Feeling weak and shivery, he still allowed Luke traitor. He'd promised to lead him towards both the edges of the room and people's awareness, barely registering how the other two guys were trailing after them. Leaning heavily against a column as Luke carefully kept him balanced, he could do barely more than take deep breaths and look up in misery at the person who doomed him. You told him, he rasped out through a throat sore from coughing, disbelief thickening his voice even more. Luke gave him a long look and nodded once. As per my vow, he confirmed softly, I would tell no other I didn't trust myself. He tilted his head and narrowed his eyes a bare fraction. And I trust Vader. With both myself and you. Himself? Wait. He, he knows. <laughs> He coughed again and tried to moisten his dry mouth and throat, Luke grimacing in sympathy before reaching into his jacket and pulling out a curved flask, opening it and offering it to Zev in one movement, an offer he took gratefully. Swallowing down mouthfuls of cold water, he tried again. He knows you'll... He trailed off with a vague hand gesture that had Luke chuckling before he nodded. He does, he confirmed blue eyes sparkling with something joyful and mischievous. 
and he's keeping that secret too. We share more in common than I first suspected, Vader and I, he confessed with a grin. Cut of the same cloth, I suppose, he added softly, laughing at his own words, and Zev got the feeling he'd just missed an inside joke by a planet or two, as he couldn't even begin to think about what would be so funny about being like Lord Vader in any possible way. He didn't ask, however, and Luke quickly shook his head with a smile before continuing. But yes, he knows what I am. Better than you do, in fact, and is more than okay with it. Willing to help me out, even. Then Luke's grin sharpened abruptly, and Zev got the distinct impression that he was staring down a Nexu who'd just cornered him. And it's what allowed me to confide your secret to him as well, he continued, even quieter than before. And though Zev's blood went cold again at those words, he ignored it this time, entranced by the impossible scenario Luke was painting out with words in front of him. We had a talk, Vader and I, Luke continued with an air that was almost casual, and I won't lie and say it was an easy one, but we talked, although you could say we argued too, I suppose, and in the end he dropped all complaints he had against your chosen work and swore that no harm would come to you. He huffed out a breath with a smile and shook his head as if he were clearing memories, looking back up at Zav with eyes that were both clear and bright. He did and does have some reservations about actually helping you along your flight, Luke admitted with a tilt of his head. But he decided in the end that he could live with the discomfort and decided to help me help you out anyways. And Zav just... that just... he needed to sit down. He needed to sit down, or fall down, or... Oh, look, there was the floor. He was just going to take a moment, yeah. Yeah, that sounded... that sounded nice. Feeling the air leave his body as he slowly sunk down to the floor, sliding down the side of a column, he wondered if it was too early to ask for hazard pay. Not in the least, because he was pretty sure he had just had six consecutive heart attacks slammed through his chest and the world was looking kind of fuzzy around the edges, and deep breaths, Zev. Luke reminded him with an amused look on his face as he carefully pressed Zev's head down to between his tucked-up knees to help his breathing. I know it's a shock to know that someone is aware of your secret, but I really don't want to have to explain to your father that you passed out when he gets here. With all due respect, Zev groaned out as he tried to get his breathing back under control, glaring up at his boss from between his knees. Fuck you, Luke. Luke only laughed at his insult, the bastard, but the sound was bright like silver bells, and it made it more than a little hard to stay mad. Except for the whole matter that he had fucking told Darth Vader that he was a rebel in all but name. I still can't believe you told him, he muttered as he breathed in deeply, relaxing a bit when Luke rubbed a hand over his back in sympathy and hummed. You did put the caveat in my vow I was allowed to tell those I trusted myself, Luke reminded him gently, and Zev both loved and loathed that gentle tone for how hard it made him to remain upset and distressed. Vader already knew of my secret for a couple months before I even told him about yours, if that helps. That did help, oddly enough. At least Luke hadn't decided to entrust his secret to the literal last person he'd ever wanted to know without any kind of basis beyond a gut feeling of trust. Sighing, he glanced up to where Luke was looking all too sympathetic for the guy who'd put him into this situation. 
I hate how good you're like this, he told him bluntly, and Luke once again had the audacity to chuckle and shoot him an honest-to-the-fucking-force wink. The benefits of being a runner, he whispered with a grin. You weren't the first, and you won't be the last. That was comforting, he supposed. At least he wasn't the only one Luke had seen go to pieces. Twice now that he thought of it. Forrest, he wasn't quite sure how Luke hadn't already decided to terminate his contract, but at this rate, he might just do it himself. Were the repeated attempts at killing him through multiple consecutive heart attacks really worth keeping his soul from getting ground down into a protective slurry for the Empire's war machine to consume? With a groan, he answered his own question and uncurled from his protective position, straightening back up and letting his head fall back against the column. Force, holy fucking force. That it all just happened. Darth Vader knew he was a rebel, and he apparently wasn't about to get arrested or executed, which was just... He didn't know how to process that. Luke had convinced Lord Vader to swear not to harm him, and he hadn't sounded like he was lying for even a second. A fact that was still bouncing around his mind like a particularly sluggish bee and keep his secret besides. Oh, sure, he could still be blackmailed into doing any number of unfortunate things with this information, but why would either Luke or Lord Vader bother? He had no power of his own and had already agreed to work for them, so it made no sense to blackmail him into that. His dad was already firmly on their side, too, so he was out as a useful hostage as well. There were other things he could be forced into with his life on the line, of course, but neither of them really seemed all that interested in that sort of thing. Aside from Lord Vader breaking his oath not to harm him, it really seemed like he wasn't in any immediate danger he could think of. That was... that was something he didn't really know what to do with. The most dangerous rebel hunter of the Empire knew his secret, and yet he was safe. Why did the impossible become so horridly commonplace whenever Luke started to meddle with events? Was it a side effect of effectively being one of three Imperial Royals, or was it just how Luke tended to do things? He hadn't seemed so bad when he'd first met him, but evidently he hadn't really known all that much seeing as Luke had lost an arm not three days after he'd last seen him. A soft laugh came from his side, and he couldn't even be bothered to glare at Luke for it. "'You feeling a bit better now, Zev?' the royal in all but name asked him, and Zev reluctantly opened his eyes again to face reality. "'Unfortunately, yes,' he admitted begrudgingly, still just a tad peeved at the whole situation and how Luke had danced his way through it without even a hair having been put out of place, while Zev felt like he'd run a marathon. Either not noticing or not caring about Zev's less-than-stellar mood at the moment— Luke looked up and made a quick beckoning gesture, which allowed Zev to finally notice that, yes, Quinn and Tyrion were still there too, and openly staring in wide-eyed shock. His skin crawled under their combined gaze, and he shifted in discomfort as Luke sighed. "'Can you stand?' he asked quietly, directing his attention back towards Zev with a question he himself honestly didn't know the answer to. His legs still felt a bit like someone had run an electric charge through them, but the world was no longer fuzzy at the edges and his breathing was largely back to normal, so chances were looking good that if he tried to stand, he wouldn't immediately tip over. He heaved in a deep breath and nodded. "'Yeah, I think so,' he muttered, bracing his hands against the ground to work himself up before he saw a hand suddenly appear in front of him 
and Luke's smiling face a little beyond that. Hesitating a second for a reason he couldn't name even if you put a gun to his head, he reached out and took the proffered hand, Luke immediately hauling him to his feet with a surprising strength that left Zev a little off balance once he got to his feet. For a moment he thought that he might just tip over again as Luke smiled at him, but he was saved by the bell, or, well, Quinn, as his friend abruptly closed the distance to check him over. "'Bro, you all right?' he asked as he checked Zev over, patting him down in frantic motions like he could find what had made Zev's legs give out under him before looking at him with wide eyes that were more than a little scared. "'What the fuck was that, my dude?' he hissed under his breath, voice shaky enough that Zev finally realized that perhaps this had been affecting the other two as well. "'That one was way worse than normal.' Zev had a nasty shock concerning something private, Luke quietly cut in, still calm as ever, and Zev had to wonder what it would take for him to break away from the even-tempered demeanor he always seems to wear like an expertly crafted mask. He and I have some confidential information between the two of us that can only be disclosed to someone else under very specific circumstances. Those circumstances were met on my end by someone he hadn't expected, and it resulted in the panic you just saw. And damn, he may still be just a bit cross with Luke about the whole fiasco of a situation, but he had to admire how easily he took charge of a situation. Folding his hands in front of him, Luke smiled and nodded towards Zev. You seem to be doing much better now, though, he offered, and Zev could recognize an olive branch when he was offered one. Yeah, he agreed in a breath, offering a small smile back that was promptly met with a beaming one on Luke's end. I do feel better, he sighed and began straightening out his uniform, just shocked is all, he admitted towards Quinn, who had gotten a rather thoughtful look on his face. Is it about the before that we don't talk about? Quinn asked thoughtfully, tilting his head to glance towards Luke, who met his gaze evenly until Quinn hastily looked back towards Zev. Yeah, he confirmed, it is. It seems two people now know about it. A thought suddenly occurred to him that had him eyeing Luke as he continued. Unless there are others. He trailed off, and relief came quick when Luke shook his head. No, he's the only one I told, he denied. No one else knows my secret yet, and so no one else knows yours. Honestly, after the revelation of the kind of people Luke would apparently trust with the information that they were both repeat violators of some very non-negotiable laws as far as the Empire was concerned— he was more than a little relieved to hear that. Not that anyone aside from maybe the Emperor finding out would pack quite the same punch as Darth Vader did. At least he hoped so. He wasn't sure he would be able to take many more of these kinds of moments. He huffed out of breath and gave a grim smile towards a slightly stunned Quinn. So, yeah, he continued. Two people now know about the before that we don't talk about. Quinn whistled lowly and eyed Luke with caution, apparently catching on to just how heavy the situation was. "'But you're all right now?' he asked, still talking to Zev even as he was locked in something of a staring contest with Luke, who was looking right back with that same pleasantly calm expression on his face. He straightened out the last of his uniform and brushed a bit of dust from his lapels. "'I'm all right,' he agreed quietly and he found that, oddly enough, it felt mostly true. Darth Vader now knew what he was, but he hadn't been arrested yet, and he was still under Luke's protection, 
so all in all the situation felt far less dire than it had been a moment ago. Still a bit shaky, but all right, he repeated, a grin coming easily to him to set everyone at ease. Good, a quiet voice piped up, and all heads swiveled over to the source. Tyrion immediately ducked in on himself under the attention, but still forged on. That you're feeling better, I mean, he mumbled into his chest, not looking at anyone and shifting uncomfortably. That, at least, was something he could empathize with. This whole fiasco of a situation had gone on long enough, in his opinion, and with his legs feeling steadier by the minute, he was just about done with this all. Thanks, he returned with a grin, shaking off the last lingering threads of his earlier episode with a few deep breaths. Well, I'm feeling better, but we probably ought to get back to the group. I don't doubt that we're being missed. Actually, Luke interjected with a stifled laugh, that won't be a problem, or at least not the one you think it is. That piqued his curiosity, and clearly that of Quinn and Tyrion, too. "'Mind explaining that to the rest of us?' he asked, raising an eyebrow. And he almost regretted asking when Luke displayed a sharp grin that spoke of a tuca who'd gotten into the cream. "'Vader and I had a little chat on our way here,' Luke began casually, like that was a normal thing to do that normal people did every single day. And he mentioned that since the usual diplomatic schedule of the gathering doesn't involve him going anywhere near something like this talent exhibition— he suspected that it was a last-minute alteration made to the schedule by your parents due to my presence, he said with a nod to Tyrion, who promptly flushed with color until his face roughly matched the color of his hair. From that reaction alone, Zev had to say that Lord Vader was likely right in his suspicions. They wanted to attend the exhibition since this was the year of graduation, Tyrion admitted in a mumble as he fidgeted with his hands. They usually busy with the gathering in this time of year, but uh, they were determined to make the time for this and the graduation, so when they realized you were coming along... And the vague gesture towards Luke definitely had the royal-to-be blinking in surprise. They hoped to get two beards with the one stone and put an event on the calendar that was more yacht-oriented, as they put it. Tyrion sighed and rubbed his hands together as he smiled ruefully. I guess it was a bit too obvious, huh? Recovered from his surprise, Luke huffed out a laugh. A bit, he admitted. Vader is well aware that people usually don't want him anywhere near children. And now why would that be, Zev wondered with a sarcastic bite. So to suddenly be invited along to an event that mainly revolves around people my age as well as introducing you at the same time, Luke shrugged with a grin. We put two and two together easily enough and figured out something was up. Then something flashed in his eyes that had a shiver go down Zeb's spine. Needless to say, we took the time to develop a bit of our own plan for the situation. Do I even want to know, he muttered, more for show than substance, as he already knew the answer. Luke blatantly ignored his mumblings and cheerfully carried on with wrecking everyone's sanity as he revealed the details of the plan. The specifics aren't really important, but what you need to know for the moment is that Vader is distracting the director as best he can while leaving me to do some roaming around the event. Wait. Lord Vader is distracting the director on purpose? He blurted out before he could think any better of it, but frankly he didn't think he could be blamed for that as a couple of pieces promptly slotted into place. No wonder the Dark Lord had seemed so short-tempered with Director Magni, 
if he was trying to distract the man from anything else going on around him, then keeping up the pressure with an agitated and dismissive demeanor would certainly ensure that the director had nothing else on his mind but keeping the lord as calm as he could. An endless task, no doubt, since Lord Vader wouldn't exactly be cooperative. Something Luke seemed to know as well, as he shot them all a mischievous wink and a sharp grin. The director will be kept busy, don't you worry, he added in a voice that was almost dripping in satisfaction. Exchanging a look with Quinn, they both came to the silent conclusion that they were feeling the exact same frissons of fear at that particular tone. And Quinn didn't even have the added context Zev did. Right, Quinn said slowly, hesitantly turning back towards Luke. If that's the case, then does that mean you're just gonna roam around the exhibit? Well, actually, I was hoping that it meant we could roam around the exhibit, Luke corrected with a gentle voice and a hopeful look. I don't know much about this event, and while I'm fine on my own, I prefer company to solitude. So what do you all say? Want to make this a group of four and see what this exhibit has to offer? He bounced excitedly on his feet, and for a moment Zev was struck by how he just looked normal. Like a young person just on the cusp of adulthood, much like himself, eager to see if he could make some new friends and explore new things instead of the strange and enigmatic runner he'd seen only moments ago during his panic. Well, it didn't matter which side of Luke was showing. He'd already made up his mind to follow Luke around this event if he would be allowed, and here he was, being invited to see all the chaos the royal would undoubtedly be causing, both intentionally and not. I'm in, he agreed with a nod matching Luke's own grin. Whatever the Outer Rim mechanic-turned-Imperial-Royal would be getting up to today, it promised to be good. Quinn apparently wasn't about to be left out as he stepped forward as well. Well, he said as he put his hands on his hips, grin large and more than a little giddy. When are we getting started? When we know if Tyrion wants to join or not, Luke answered promptly, turning towards the shy air, sharp expression abruptly softening into something far more approachable. Well, he asked softly, you're more than welcome to join us if you want to, Tyrion. For a moment it seemed like Tyrion didn't even know what to do about being addressed at all, but thankfully something seemed to snap in the place soon enough, and he nodded hesitantly, a gentle smile matching to that of Luke's and brightening when Luke perked up, looking all too excited at having a third companion to drag along for the inevitable shenanigans. Mother and father wanted me to lead you around anyway, so I guess I'm in too? Excellent. Luke clapped his hands together and bounced happily on his feet, infectious cheer and excitement radiating outwards until every last one of them looked to be raring to go. Looks like we have a guide of some caliber then, if you're up for it, he added with a wink towards Tyrion, and oh, that was one excellently timed icebreaker. Sure enough, and much to Zev's awe, Tyrion's hesitancy faltered and began to melt away as his posture straightened. I mean... He hesitated for a moment, eyes jumping about as they looked for the words he needed. I'm not half bad at the history of the City Hall and got the marks to qualify for all the events, so I think I could give a decent guide tour, he offered cautiously, and Zev nearly winced on Tyrion's behalf. Luke seemed to feel the same as he hesitated for a moment before addressing Tyrion again. I don't doubt that you could, he agreed warmly. But that wasn't really the question, now was it? I want to know if you want to guide us through this whole exhibit. He tilted his head and considered Tyrion with a close scrutiny. It's fine if you want to decline, after all. I'm sure we could have plenty of fun that way, too. 
And now Zev really had to wonder if Luke had somehow set it all up this way, because if Tyrion's rapid blinks and confused look at the question was anything to go by, he absolutely hadn't expected Luke to consider whether or not he wanted to do what his parents had asked, or more likely, ordered him to do. Opening his mouth once, twice, and then a third time, he really did seem to be having a hard time parsing the question and controlling his expression, Zev noted with some amusement, as his eyes flitted about the place and his entire body twitched with the amount of fidgeting he was doing, which made it all the more remarkable to see him come to a decision, body abruptly stilling and posture straightening with a calm expression as Zev, for just a moment, was struck by how much Tyrion resembled his parents when he held himself like that. With a deep breath, he nodded towards Luke, who seemed entirely too pleased with the way the situation had gone. Yeah, he stated calmly. It's something I want to do. Then the moment snapped, and Tyrion's eyes abruptly widened as his confidence crumbled in on itself. I mean, if you're all right with it. Luke chuckled lightly and gestured towards the rest of the hall. No objections here, he said, turning towards Quinn and Zev with a significant look. What about you guys? Not none from me either, Quinn denied as he crossed his arms. Besides, I don't have a head for all the history business, so I'd appreciate the refresher. And yet you can rattle off a whole list of music movements and their exact historical reasons for developing and existing, Zeb muttered under his breath, earning himself a dirty look from Quinn. That's different, and you know it, Veers, he hissed back while Zev shot him an angelic smile in response. Luke apparently decided to ignore everything about that exchange and redirected Tyrion's questioning glances. Anyway, he said with a soft clap, drawing the both of them back towards current business. Now that we're all in agreement... He turned towards Tyrion and inclined his head. Lead on. Tyrion beamed in delight, bright and full of a pure kind of joy that honestly made the whole thing worth it in and of itself, in Zev's opinion. Right, follow me, please. We can start at the gallery, as I doubt the director has reached it yet, and we'll walk our way through the other events from there. I can tell you all about the history of the city hall on the way, too, and... Zev blinked as Tyrion nearly seemed to transform from his until now nervous and timid demeanor into a confidently chatting and gesturing guide, spurred on by carefully timed interjections from Luke that kept the conversation gliding along seamlessly. "'Damn,' Quinn muttered quietly beside him. "'Who knew he had it in him?' "'Luke did,' he immediately answered before he'd even entirely processed the answer he'd given— taken aback at the exact same moment that Quinn was by his own words, but he couldn't really deny them. And it seemed Quinn couldn't either, as he hummed pensively while studying the engineer come royal with a careful look. Certainly seems that way, huh? He agreed under his breath. It's like he knew just which buttons to push for Quanner to pop out of his shell and into the world. It's kind of what he does, Seth agreed quietly. And he's good at it, too. You won't even notice it if it's happening to you until it's already long over. Quinn clicked his tongue. Gotta say, dude, that sounds a lot creepier than you probably intended for it to be. Stifling a laugh into a poorly concealed snort, Zav rapidly shook his head. Hell no. I nearly had a breakdown on the shuttle back once I realized just how easily he'd gotten into my head. Oh, wait, he corrected. Remembering the moment he had his realization, I did have a breakdown. A quiet one, but I did. Right, 
Quinn muttered tightly, something a little wild creeping into the corners of his eyes. Of course, give a reason again why I would ever want to get involved with that kind of nonsense. And he, he had to pause for a moment there, because it was a question he'd honestly asked himself more than once these last few months, usually in the small hours of the morning when he'd just finished cramming for his second round of exams and wondered if it was really all worth it. All the stress and rumors and ostracism and feeling singled out in every way but a positive one, was it really all worth it on the vague promise of a stranger? But then the memories would always come back shortly later. Of a morning song, sung in a sincere prayer for people never even met. Of a firm hug and patient silence as he'd cried out all his bottled-up grief for the first time in years. Of a deadly secret and precious vow given so easily to someone just because they wanted to understand. Of a plan put in motion with truly titanic powers backing it, all for a virtual stranger. And all just because he'd asked, just because he needed someone, anyone who would help. Because it's worth it, he whispered, answering both Quinn and that shade of himself from weeks and months ago. Because for all that he's the strangest person you'll ever meet, and asks a lot in the amount of nonsense you have to put up with, is still worth it at the end of the day. Quinn shot him a dubious look, but sighed and nodded after a moment. Man, I really hope you're not bullshitting me on this one, he muttered, eyeing the way Tyrion and Luke were now engaged in a heated conversation on socio-political history of the city hall. Considering I'm the one who's actually going to have to put up with all this, he shot back. I believe that's my line, Quinn. That promptly got him shoved in the shoulder, and he laughed as he barely swayed on his feet. Shut up, Veers. Quinn grumbled through a grin, before lengthening his pace to close the small gap that had formed between the front and back halves of their little group. Hey, wait up, guys! Rolling his eyes and lengthening his own stride to catch up as Quinn inserted himself into the conversation, asking questions that Zev could see from here were already being influenced by subtle nudges from Luke that steered the conversation. Even as he himself joined back in, he could already feel how the flow of conversation leaned towards the questions, topics, and directions that seemed to draw Tyrion further and further out of his shell with every word, and he wondered if this was how he'd looked when Luke had worked his magic on him. If so, he wondered how Tyrion's experience would later on feel to him, whether he would find it as unsettling as Zev had found it, or would be a lot more understanding of it all. For now, though, they were still in full swing of making the experience, and for the first time in a long while he felt himself settling into something approximating ease while in the middle of a crowd of people. There were eyes on them all around, from both guards and guests alike, and he didn't doubt for a moment that this little bubble of theirs would last. But for now the conversation was fun and flowed easily. And when the bubble eventually did burst, he didn't doubt that the person who did so would have to deal with Luke more so than they ever would with them. Either way, it promised to be good, and even with the nasty shocks and reminders he'd gotten of Luke's deeper nature, he found himself looking forward to how all this would shake out. He chuckled as Tyrion reached the punchline of a joke on plaster and pillars, that admittedly was rather funny in the context of a worker's strike during the construction of the city hall over a supposed bad omen so terrible that it doomed the whole project. 
Yes, whatever else this exhibit would be, interesting would definitely not be the least of it. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Dockerai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.